We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. This is Scott, going to be taking you through this special episode number 88. We have another trade deadline episode that's going to be basically going back through the prospects. If you haven't checked out last week, I had an opportunity to talk with Scott Kornberg, who is the play-by-play guy for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, and was able to give us some really good information on Glaber Torres, basically tell us about him as a player, as a person, and, and kind of what we can expect for this guy coming forward. This week, I got a chance to talk to. We reached out to some of the guys that saw, you know, these prospects play every day in, uh, in from the trades of the Beltron and Andrew Miller. So we got on this week the Double A general manager for the Akron Rubber Ducks, uh, the Cleveland organization for the prospects that were came over in the Andrew Miller deal. Uh, his name is Jim Fander. Jim saw the saw all these guys play. You know, Clint Frazier played in Double A for most of the season and then obviously the uh, JP Fireisen and Ben Heller played there as well both guys he is very high on as far as pitching and then Clint Frazier I mean you couldn't he couldn't say enough good things about this guy so definitely check that out that's going to be the the first interview coming up and then the second interview is with the single A affiliate of the Texas Rangers uh, director of their media relations and their play-by-play guy Aaron Cox who's going to give us all the information on Dylan Tate who uh, and Eric Swanson, those are the two guys that played at this uh, 
at the affiliate there. And obviously we know about what you know what we got for Beltron. Dylan Tate was the number was the big chip. He was the the number four draft pick um, in uh, the 2014 2015 draft. And this is a guy who's you know I wouldn't call it a fall from grace, but it was he's definitely had some struggles over the past three months that has taken his his prospect status down a notch. And I think that's why the Yankees were able to kind of swoop in and, and get a guy like that because, you know, a year ago, there's no chance they would have had an opportunity at Dylan Tate for a, a two-month, 40-year-old rental. It's crazy. So definitely check these out. They're going to go back-to-back. Uh, first one is going to be Jim Fander, the GM of the Rubber Ducks. And then number two is going to be Aaron Cox, who's the play-by-play guy down in Hickory, the Hickory Crawdads. So definitely check that out. And we will be coming back next week with our normal show on Monday morning. Hit us up on Twitter. You can follow me at Scott Reinen. You can follow Andrew at Yankees underscore talk. You can follow the website at Bronx Pinstripes. And then our new Twitter for the Bronx Pinstripe show is at Yankees podcast. There's all the plugs. Enjoy the interviews and get pumped up about these prospects. They're going to be good. All right, I have Jim Fander, who is the GM of the Akron Rubber Ducks, who obviously has some very good information for us about some of the guys that we just got in the Andrew Miller trade. Jim, thanks so much for coming on and taking some time to to give us the lowdown on these guys. I appreciate it, Scott. Thanks so much for having me on. Sure thing. So obviously, you know, the Yankees fans and the Yankees are, are have been very excited because of the package that was gotten back for Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller was, uh, you know, one of the most popular Yankees, a, a very selfless guy, a guy that's going to go out and pitch anytime the Indians want him to and, and probably going to put them over the edge as, as to be one of the uh, the favorites to contend this year. So I know the Indians got a great guy in Andrew Miller that will help them this year and next year. But the Yankees, talking about the the prospects, the guys that you've seen in Double A, were extremely excited about it. Um, obviously, the uh, Clint Frazier being the number one guy, and and then the two uh, the guys that you've seen in Double A uh, being J.P. Fireheisen and Ben Heller. So, well, I guess we can start with Frazier. You know, what what's some of the things that I guess we don't know or haven't heard uh, about this guy? Well, you know, Clint's special. I mean, you know, obviously being a number one pick, he's the guy that really everyone had their eyes on, uh, you know, since the beginning of the season. I know, especially in Akron, uh, this is the first year that I've had a chance to see him, uh, have a chance to see him play. And, uh, you know, he's just a guy that, uh, you know, everything looks effortless with him. Uh, The ball sounds different when he hits it. Um, He's a guy that just 100% cares about baseball. He, uh, he, He plays the game hard every time he gets out there. And, He's a fun guy to watch. Um, so you know, he, you know, he, he's one of those guys that, you know, I, I'm sure from the Indian side they hated to part with, but you know, I'm sure he was the centerpiece of this deal, and um, I think he's going to have a bright future. Uh, you know, it looks like now in the Bronx. Yeah, and they put him directly into Scranton AAA, so he's he's one step away, uh, and and very possibly going to be you know in line for a September call up. So. Uh, he he may get that look sooner than, than he thinks, especially with the way things are going in the Bronx and, and the way that they're really trying to get their younger players some time. You know, one of the big things about Frazier is obviously he's got the, the Brian Cashman quoted as legendary bat speed. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm seeing pictures of this guy and the forearms look like my legs. 
So I can only imagine, you know, how fast that bat's coming through the zone. And I know with, you know, having having strong hands, strong wrists, um, that that helps you spray the ball around the around the the ballpark. And that really fits in today's baseball and, and the, you know what's how guys are being successful today. You know, it really does. And Clint is a physical specimen. There's no question about it. I think what he looked like when the Indians drafted him, uh, gosh, now four or five years ago, uh, to what he looks like today is completely, uh, he, he is really uh, taking physical fitness to, uh, to a new level. Um, you know, he is really, he really cares about his craft. And, you know, he was a member of the all-star team and, and I was lucky enough to have uh, him represent uh, uh, the Akron franchise. We hosted the All Star Game this year, and and you know when you see him compared to the other guys out there, I mean he he even in an All Star game he kind of sets himself apart a little bit too. So he's a guy who hustles after after every ball hits him in the outfield. Um, he makes unbelievable diving catches in the gap. Uh, make look makes him look routine. I mean sometimes when he dives, he almost like he it looks like he floats through the air. So. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's going to be a great player for a long time. Um, you know, the one thing that everybody forgets about him is he's very young. Uh, he, you know, he's going to turn 21 after the season. Um, he's a guy that you know, you know, a lot of people you know in the Indians organization it was always uh, uh, Zimmer and Bradley. Uh, I beg your pardon, Bradley Zimmer and Clint Frazier, and they're pretty much always mentioned together. They were promoted at the same time. They were promoted to AAA at the same time. And you know, Zimmer is a college guy. You know, he's about three or four years older than uh, than Frazier, and, and you, you forget about that because you know uh, it looks like Frazier's you know the whole time he's he's keeping up with the guys like Zimmer, a guy that was drafted a year ahead of him, and and and, and he's really one of those guys that that you forget how young that he actually is. So again, I think the future is bright with him. He he's all about baseball. Um, he's all about uh, you know hitting, and uh, and and like you said. You know, he hits with power to all all the fields, and he, he's a fun guy to watch play. One of the knocks that, that – really one of the only knocks that I've heard about about Frazier was his defense. You're telling – you're talking about these these flying uh, – these, these great plays he's making in the outfield. Is he is he not making all of the routine plays? Or I've heard he's projected more of a, a corner, and I think the Yankees actually put him in left field. Um, rather than center field and in the Bronx, I mean, he should be able to handle left or right field with no issue. But do you see him more slotted as a as a corner outfielder? You know what? I I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that plays very good defense. He, in fact, he played all three positions for us, and for a majority of the time, he was just starting in center field. Now, hmm. this is Double A. I mean, obviously, it's not the major leagues, but um, I mean, I thought he played all three positions very well. He's got a plus arm. Um, and, and he's a guy that goes after everything um, that's hit at him. So, I mean, you know, maybe that's just uh, being 20, 21 years old and sure. uh, in A baseball and trying to prove himself. But, you know, again, he just – everything he does looks effortless. And, and you know, again, I, I just think the Yankees really got – he was the centerpiece of the deal, so I don't think anyone's surprised at it. But I think he's a guy that, you know, that, that's going to get there. You know, is he ready for Major League Baseball right now? That's pretty much beyond – you know, my scope of what to say, but I think he's a guy that's going to be very good for a long time when he gets to the big league level. That's great. I love hearing that he's, you know, one of those baseball junkie guys and just baseball all day. That's his, that's his life. That's that's good to hear because you have some of these guys with talent that sometimes take it for granted, and it doesn't seem like he does he does that at all. It sounds like he's a gym rat, and uh, if you're saying that he loves baseball and is a baseball kid, then that makes me very happy because that means he's going to have the uh, the drive for for many years to come. 
And he seems very coachable, too. I mean, if you look at the stats, just from, from us looking at him, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, he's cut his strikeouts every single year down quite a bit. And he really looks like he's growing and maturing as a hitter as well. Uh, you know, the pitch selection looks better. He's making better contact. And it just seems like he's progressing in all the right directions offensively. Yeah, it seems like that as well. I, I noticed that too. And he's a guy who just cares about playing baseball. And, and, and you know, he, and remember, he's again, he's just so young. And I think, you know, he's he's had a great – he's a lot of great coaches in the Indians organization. Uh, I know the Yankees have a lot of great uh, coaches and instructors. Um, and so I think he's a guy that's going to fit right in. And, and honestly, I think probably the biggest change for Clint's going to be uh, cutting those uh, cutting those long locks <laughs> that he has So uh, and fitting in with the Yankee way. I mean, I, that's probably going to be the, the biggest challenge for a guy that's been able to kind of do things on his own. Um, uh, and, and, and again, that's from a standpoint of always being the best player at every level. You know, now he's going to have to really kind of conform, but I think that's going to be good for him, part of that maturation process. And, 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 and I think he's just going to – I think Yankee fans are going to be very excited when they have a chance to see uh, when Frazier play. And it seems like he's already on his way because he's been tweeting out pictures of him sitting in the barber chair, getting those uh, those those beautiful <laughs> those beautiful red locks taken off to to to, to you know make sure that he's uh, following the rules uh, per se for for the Bronx. So that's good. Now he's he seems like he's embracing it, which is which is great. All right, good deal. It sounds like we're getting an awesome player. I'm pumped up about him. Let's talk a little bit more about the the other two guys that have spent some time in Double A, and that's uh, the the two pitchers. You know, Justice. Justice Sheffield obviously is a high single A guy, so uh, we know maybe we could touch on him at the very end. Um, but I, I know you haven't seen him. Uh, ben Heller and JP Fireheisen. Is that right? Fireheisen? Is that Fireheisen? Uh, Fireheisen. Fireheisen. Like fire okay. and Ryzen. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, but, uh, but, but both of those pitchers, are, I think, are, are very good. Now, Ben Heller spent maybe the first month, month and a half of the season with us. Yep. Um, I feel like he's on the fast track to the majors. Um, I, I think the Indians were very high on him and probably someone they were sad to see go. I think of all the, the four players you got, I think Ben Heller's probably the most major league ready right now. Um, I think the plans for the Indians seems like he was going to be a guy that was going to come out of the bullpen and, uh, and would be able to contribute right away. Um, but, uh, but he's, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a guy that has electric stuff. He's a guy that, uh, that works hard every day, um, and he's a guy that loves to get out in the community. I know uh, we had a number of community appearances early in the season, and uh, and he's a guy that he was the first to, uh, to to volunteer to sign up to to go and, and to talk to the Boys and Girls Club and, and to really be a part of it. So, you know, not only do you get a great baseball player in Ben Heller, but you also got a guy who, who gets it. And uh, and I, I think that's really important. You kind of mentioned that before. You, know, you want you want good guys. You want guys that, you know, yes, they can play baseball, and that's great, but you want guys that really understand what it means to be a professional baseball player and what it means to be a role model. And I think you definitely got that in Heller and, and, and Fireisen as well. Beautiful. And Heller seems like he's got he's a big guy, right? Has a has a very a plus fastball, high nineties. Uh, everything that I'm reading says he can touch triple digits when he wants to. And you know, so besides the fastball, I've read things about a, a plus slider. Is that is that basically his one two in the in the bullpen is fastball slider? Yeah, I mean, it seems to be those, he throws hard, and uh, and he's a guy. You know, it's funny because I liken him. You know, with the pitchers the Indians have had come through. Um, you know, Cody Allen was very much the same way when he came through our system. I was back in 2011, but you know, he didn't spend a long time in Double A. 
Um, and, and, and he reminds me of Cody Allen. He's got a real good fastball. He's got a real good second pitch. It is some. It is a breaking ball. I, you know, I, if it's a slider, if it's a, uh, a little bit of a slurve, but uh, but he's a guy that, uh, that that can pretty much contribute right away. And he's been fun to watch. So you know, again, uh, from the Indian side, I think they uh, they, they definitely gave up a hidden gem in Ben Heller. Yeah, I've re- I've read that a number of times, and and you know, you're you're really just supporting that theory is that. He's the guy that could really tip the scale on this trade. Is is the the the, Brent, the Ben Heller edition? So good to good to know. The uh, so so JP Fireisen is uh, down in Double A now. They they put him in Trenton in the Yankee system. But this is another guy. Both of these guys have have very good strikeout to inning ratios. Um, you know, JP looks like at fifty six at forty innings. That's pretty impressive for a guy that throws. I don't know mid nineties, mid to low nineties. Seems like a seems like a guy that has the ability to miss bats. No, you know, they both do, actually. So Heller was our closer to start the year. Uh, JP filled in as soon as uh, Heller got promoted to AAA. And then, um, you know, obviously now with with both of them leaving, uh, you know, they're, they're back-end guys. Um, you know, uh, Fire Eisen was an all-star with us this year. I'm sure Heller, had he, had he spent enough time in AA, would have uh, qualified for the all-star team as well. Um, you know, both of these guys have electric stuff. Both of these guys know how to pitch in the back end of games and, and know how to get guys out. And, uh, you know, JP is, uh, comes from a great family. Uh, I know his family has been to Akron four or five times already this year. Um, and uh, and, and it's, it is kind of like that baseball pedigree family, too. I mean, they, they, they understand, you know, what, what he needs to do and, and, and how he works as hard as he does. Um, you know, uh, both of these both of these guys have got you know plus stuff, and uh, and again, you know, I think everybody talks about Andrew Miller going to the Indians, but I think I'm I'm very much intrigued to see what these four guys are going to do for the Yankees for years to come. All right, three for three. You're getting me very excited. There's there's not very many <laughs> bad things that we're saying about these guys. I mean, is there <laughs> are are we missing any skeletons? Is there something that's uh, that's that's you know going to rear its ugly head as far as the the way that they play, the kind of guy that they are. It sounds like everybody everything is is all is all good and halos and and uh, and, and just good things about these guys. Well, you know, I tell you what, I think the Yankees really did their homework uh, yeah. on this trade. So, um, you know, they 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 made sure they knew who they were getting. Um, they got really really good guys. And I mean, again, I I'm not a part of any of those conversations, but uh, I can only imagine that. You know when they when the you know the, the Indians really wanted Miller and the Yankees kind of had their list together and you know they started uh, listing off guys like Frazier and Sheffield and Heller and Fireeyes and they're like you know I think I'm sure the Indians were cringing a little bit inside knowing that they were giving up a ton but you know like you said it would, at the outset I mean look this is this is a guy the Indians felt in Miller uh, that could take him over the top and really become one of the favorites in the American League and contend and. On the opposite side, they knew they had to give a lot, give up a lot to get them, and uh, you know I really think the uh, the Yankees are going to get a lot. I selfishly, I was looking forward to seeing Justice Sheffield pitch for uh, pitch in Akron next year. Um, you know, every, from what every report I've heard, he's got uh, the size, he's got he, he looks like he's going to be a pretty good pitcher, um, and and he's a lefty. So um, you know, you, you you can't always add all those different things up, and um, so you know, from a from on the downside, I, I guess I'll have to wait till the Trenton Thunder come to town to watch uh, Justice <laughs> Sheffield pitch. But, uh, but you know, again, I, I think the Yankees really got a, a nice little haul here in the, uh, in the uh, Miller deal. Yeah, I mean, if you look just at the draft alone where these guys were drafted, 
uh, it's pretty impressive. You know, these these guys are these guys definitely bring some some serious talent. So I know we're all excited for it. And, and before I let you go, uh, the the nickname for Clint Frazier do we do we have one yet? Is I, I've I've heard I saw a hashtag and I've heard some some rumblings of a of a red thunder. Is that is that what we've uh, what you guys have been calling him? I can either confirm or deny. I, actually, <laughs> I, you know, he's a, he's one of those guys that you know, at least in the in the four months that I've had a chance to know him and and to be around him, you know, he was always Clint Frazier to us. But that's just because everyone wanted to see Bradley Zimmer and Clint Frazier. I mean, those those are the two names that uh, that people wanted to see. And you know, maybe Red Thunder is maybe that's something that catches on in New York. I, I'm not sure, but uh, you know, I'll tell you what, you got a great ball player, uh, and you, you got four great ball players, and. You know, I I wish them the best of luck. I think they're going to do great in New York, and um, you know, and, and hopefully Miller pays dividends for the Indians this year. And you know, now that uh, the Yankees have kind of uh, uh, started a fire sale, maybe you know, we won't have competition against New York. It seems like every time the Indians get in the postseason, we always have to go against New York. So you know, maybe this will be the Indians' year. It happened for the Cavs already, so we can only hope that. Uh, you know that uh, a World Series championship comes to Cleveland after a forty since since nineteen forty eight. Jim, we'll let you have it this year. This is the year you can have it. <laughs> but when these when these guys are coming up in seventeen and eighteen, you, I think you're going to have to watch out because uh, the Yankees are chock full of talent, and and everybody knows the Yankees with chock full of talent do have some some pockets uh, with with a little bit of scratch in there too to go get some other guys. So we uh, we'll we'll be contending, I think, in a couple of years. There's no doubt about it. You will, and 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 you know the Yankees do things the right way, and uh, you know I, and I know they've got a lot of great fans, and they are you know a great organization, and you know I, I can say that I've had a chance to work in that in that organization at the minor league level. I was with Charleston for six years, and right. um, and, and I'll tell you what, you know they they do things the right way, so you know it'll be fun, and and you know the Yankees now I think have uh, have have a, have a nice farm system, and um, you know they've always had good players and good talent coming through there but now i think they definitely have a plus farm system and then you have the chance these guys like you said come to the big leagues in a couple years they're going to be pretty special jim thanks so much for your time really appreciate all the insight on these guys and and best of luck this season i appreciate it thanks so much for the phone call and uh, i wish you guys the best as well Next on the show, we have Aaron Cox, who is the Director of Media Relations and Broadcasting and also the play-by-play guy for the Hickory Crawdads. Aaron, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, no problem, Scott. Thanks for having me. So I know you've seen a lot of the, the, the two guys that we got. We, we got three guys, obviously, in the Carlos Beltran deal. Dylan Tate and Swanson are the two guys that were with the Crawdads and I guess those are the ones that we want to talk about the most. Nick Green has some ties to the Yankee organization just because he was drafted by the Yankees originally. Mm-hmm. Dylan Tate being the big guy, we all have heard the fact that he's a bit of a project at this point. What can you tell us about this guy? Yeah, he's a little bit of a project uh, just in the sense of, I think, where he's going to end up. Um, I think there's uh, some debate as to whether or not he'll end up as a starter or as a uh, reliever. And, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to both. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the how the Yankees go about it. Um, he obviously was a, a very uh, highly regarded guy coming out of UC Santa Barbara last year, first round selection, fourth overall by the Rangers. Uh, we actually saw him last year. He joined us uh, as a reliever, which is not uncommon for college pitchers being drafted. 
uh, and pitched with us through our postseason run and was just lights out out of the pen. You know, fastball up to 98, uh, a really good slider already. Uh, and then when he was assigned to us this year, and everybody thought it would just be kind of a, an in-and-out move that, you know, he was, he was so good he'd be out of here. Uh, but I guess it didn't play out that way. Uh, you know, he's had a few struggles uh, in the rotation. Uh, his fastball, most notably, has just kind of been touch and go. When, it, when it's on, it's still a very good pitch. Uh, when he's a starter, it sits right around 93 to 95. It's got some good life to it. Uh, but when it was off, for whatever reason, mechanical or otherwise, uh, it, would, it would slow down and really flatten out, and that would lead to a lot of problems. Um, so we'll see. I'm assuming the Yankees are going to want to, you know, keep him in the rotation as long as possible. Uh, but if not, you know, I think he could be a, a fast riser if he ends up in the bullpen. Do you think a lot of this contribute that contributed to, you know, his his struggles when he came back had to do with the hamstring injury? Because I've read that he did go through a hamstring injury and maybe didn't recover from that or because of that mechanics did change. And, you know, he's he's now just needs to get back to the basics uh, as a as 100 you know, feeling 100 percent. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can completely dismiss that. Um, and obviously, that that sticks out as a very clear indicator, like a, a line of demarcation, if you will. Uh, it wasn't that bad of an injury, uh, so I, I don't think. I don't know at this point if there's lingering problems with it. But certainly, you know, that's something that even if you tweak your mechanics just a little bit because of that, that can have you know a domino effect on how things play out. And there's also a mental component about that. Uh, sure. You know, if if he is still mentally trying to overcome that. Uh, that could certainly be an issue. Uh, and he's, uh, he's a very smart guy. Uh, he's got a very good work ethic. Uh, and he's always wanting to – he takes instruction very well. So he had a lot of different guys, you know, uh, trying to help him, trying to work on him. And, and was trying to work on a lot of different things at the same time. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the struggles with the fastball, but positive improvements this year. His secondary pitches uh, have really noticeably gotten better. The slider was already good, as I mentioned. Uh, but the changeup has taken notable steps forward this year, and he's added a curveball as well that uh, is already not a not a bad pitch. Uh, so potentially there, you know, the the four pitch repertoire for him, which certainly uh, you know is something you'd want as, out of a, a starter. Uh, but you know the the problem again with the fastball. So I think if he can figure that out, which he has shown flashes of it here over the last uh, handful of starts he had with us, uh, then all of a sudden he's right back on track, and you're talking about a guy who could be you know a top of the rotation kind of guy. Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, last year the Yankees would have had no shot at, at Dylan Tate. I mean, this is a guy that actually was on the top mm-hmm. 10 board for the Yankees coming out of the draft as well. It was a guy that they were high on as well coming out of college. And, you know, to, mm-hmm. to think that uh, a Carlos Beltran, a 41-year-old aging veteran as a two-month rental, would, would warrant a, you know, a Dylan Tate that was, you know, top five, uh, number four pick in the draft. I mean, the, the last time the Yankees had a top five draft was Brian Taylor. I don't know if you know the start with story about Brian Taylor, <laughs> but that was uh, a long time ago. I mean, that was in the early yeah. '90s. So it's uh, you know, in the in the past two days with the with the uh, trades that the Yankees have made, they've actually jumped up into the the top five twice, which is unbelievable. So the Yankees are actually the reports are that they are bringing him into Charleston, single A, and he's going to be put mm-hmm. in the bullpen for now. And they're going to be slowly. Re- they're, they're actually bringing in, uh, you know, a separate tutor, a pitching coach, to work with him and fix him. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the plan at this point. Um, and that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, he uh, and you see sometimes guys just need a, a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of ears, a perspective. Uh, you know, just just something new, not necessarily anything wrong with what was happening before. Uh, but you know, a fresh start can do wonders for a guy. And I, I don't. I think that's not a bad idea at all. Just my personal opinion. You know. Uh, 
don't there's no need to rack up a ton of innings. You know, have them work on a few things, do things the Yankees' way, the yay the way you know the Yankees want things done, and then next year you can really hit the ground running. Now, talking about the you know Dylan Tate, the kid himself, uh, did you see anything? I mean, obviously you come out highly touted. You're drafted in the top five. That's that's a big deal. You know, is there is there any is there any semblance of you know an arrogance or any type of uh, you know you know work ethic or things like that that are getting in the way, or is this kid you know one of the ones who who really likes baseball, who's a who's a baseball guy through and through, and and play and will will mature into uh, someone that's going to be you know striving to be great. I, I don't think there's any red flags personality wise at all. Uh, like I said, he's a very smart guy, uh, a college guy, comes from a from a intellectual family. Um, and work ethic was absolutely fine. And now, obviously, when you get these guys uh, who are very high draft picks, there there is a, a confidence level that comes with them. Sure. Um, and you know, some people can perceive that as, as you know being this or that. But in no way, is, in my opinion, is that a bad thing whatsoever. And in fact, you know, to be a, a top five player, you have to have you know a certain level of confidence. Um, but he's he's been nothing but a good teammate uh, here in uh, here in Hickory. Uh, like I said, he he works hard. He, he's not a raw raw kind of guy. Uh, in the clubhouse, not bouncing all over the place, uh, but certainly well-liked by his teammates and, and uh, more of a lead-by-example uh, type of player. Well, that's good to hear because you're right. There's a, there's a very big difference between confidence and arrogance, but I think a lot of people can't right. sometimes see that difference, especially on the field when there's a little bit of, a, you know, quote, the, the cliche swagger. I mean, these guys, they have to have a little bit of it to, to get to the point where they are, to be as good as they are, and, you know, to, to prove and to show their confidence. It, it's important. Oh, I, I completely agree. I think uh, that's if you want to be at the highest level, you got to believe you're you're uh, that caliber of player. And if you're not, then you're you're not going to make it. So, Dylan Tate, obviously, we know was the 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 big guy, the big chip in this trade. The other two pitchers that were acquired, um, one being Eric Swanson, who was also uh, spent some time with you. What can you tell us about mm-hmm. Eric Swanson? Well, Swanson is, is obviously, uh, as far as the headlines on this, is going to be the second pitcher coming behind Dylan Tate. Uh, but I would not be surprised at all if he ends up in the Yankees' top 30 prospects next season. Uh, he's a guy drafted a couple of years ago by the Rangers out of Community College in Iowa uh, and pitched as a reliever and kind of battled some injury issues as, as well. Uh, but this year was finally given a chance to start and really has, has blossomed into a heck of a pitcher. Uh, his fastball gained velocity coming uh, out of the uh, rotation as opposed to the bullpen, which, of course, normally the opposite happens. Right. Uh, but he's been sitting 95 to 97. It's a very heavy fastball. It's gotten as high as 99 on scouts' guns. Um, and that is his bread-and-butter pitch. Uh, when he's pitching well, he's got a very good feel for it. He can move it in and out, up and down, uh, likes to elevate it to get strikeouts. Uh, he's got a developing uh, changeup and a slider to go along with it as well. Uh, he's had a lot of success here. Um, he's already way into a career-high innings pitched. Uh, so he, he, his last few starts uh, had some up and downs, uh, but in the first half uh, was an all-star with us, uh, put up some great numbers, great strikeout totals. Um, and a, another guy that I think still has a chance to stay in the rotation, but even worst-case scenario with him, uh, in my opinion, he's a guy that you stick in the bullpen, you let him just fire away. Uh, and if that's the case, I think you could see him moving up to New York pretty quick. Yeah, so it seems like maybe there's a little bit of arm fatigue at this point if he's hitting that in, that innings limit. I know a lot of the young guys they they go start going through that in the second half when their arms obviously not used to throwing that many 
that many bullets. The the interesting thing you said actually to me was uh, that one thing I, I haven't read was the the fastball it was a lot higher than uh, reports. I mean, I've I've seen ninety three to ninety four is where he was. So you're saying he was ninety three ninety four in the bullpen, but now that he's in the rotation, he's actually throwing even higher, closer to the uh, mid to high nineties. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we we saw him. He was another guy who was also with us last year in a relief role down the stretch. Uh, and, you know, and like I said, he, he wasn't 100% healthy, kind of had a few nagging things, uh, but had a healthy offseason. Uh, they told him right out of the gate, we want you to be a starter, and he, he prepped for that. Uh, and, and like I said, his, his fastball has been uh, a huge pitch for him this year, uh, 95 to 97, pretty consistently. Beautiful. That's good news. I, I like hearing that. Sounds like uh, sounds yeah. like he's he can progress through the through a rotation too. That's that's very good news. Um, and I know you haven't seen much of Nick Green, but I can we'll just touch on him very quickly. I don't know if you've heard much mm-hmm. about him through organizational chatter, but this is a guy who was drafted actually by the Yankees uh, in 2013, and then went back out to community college uh, trying to you know improve his draft draft stock. But this is another guy that that Brian Cashman, the Yankees GM, is high on that you know big arm. Very similar to a guy, I think. It sounds like a, a similar makeup to Eric Swanson. So we'll see. Hopefully he can, uh, he can come out and, and contribute as well. Yeah, like you said, the Yankees obviously had their eye on him uh, for a while. He ended up going to the Rangers a couple of years ago, like you said, out of uh, community college. Uh, he'd been pitching down in short season Spokane uh, this year. And another guy where you look at you know, his ERA is a little bit high, just below five. You know, but that it doesn't take much to get that blown out of proportion. The rest of his peripherals have been really good this year. Uh, 44 strikeouts and 34 innings. Uh, opponents uh, only batting in the mid-200s against him. Uh, so another really strong arm, which the Yankees have kind of been acquiring now. And that's, uh, as you know, you know, it's a trend across baseball. Is you know, the more hard throwers you can get, especially in the back end of your bullpen, the better. Uh, and the Yankees, uh, even if this thing falls apart on them. Uh, then you've got three guys who are, are hard throwers, and I think you're still going to get some good relievers out of the deal. And, and best-case scenario, uh, at least from, from my perspective, you're going to get a guy who can be you know, solid starters in both uh, Tate and Swanson at the big league level. Well, that's good news. I know the Yankees have been definitely acquiring a lot of uh, lower minor league arms, you know, trying to build them up and, and put – put through the system the the Yankees drafting and and I guess even acquiring from uh, from some of these you know Dominican leagues Venezuelan leagues at, at a very mm-hmm. young age have not had the best success with pitchers so let's hope the Texas Rangers were, were drafting better at that point <laughs> and we could just lean on that well and, and you know the more guys you get obviously the higher chance you've got of some of these guys panning out you know minor leagues can be such a uh, you know, a roll of the dice. Yeah. Uh, even guys that seem like surefire picks don't pan out, and then guys who were in the you know the 30th round uh, end up being all stars at the major league level. Uh, and so, with the Yankee system now, with all the picks they've acquired, or all the draft, uh, the uh, high draft picks, former high draft picks, and then the quality picks they've been making as well over the last few years, got such a deep system now, and that's really how you you know you solidify that you've, you've got so many uh, backup options that some of these guys are sure to pan out. We call it the Scranton Shuttle. I think some Eric Swanson and Nick Green, maybe in the next year or two, will be be heading getting their ticket on the Scranton Shuttle, going back and forth. So, Aaron, yeah, I appreciate I, so. I appreciate you taking the time out and giving us some background information on these guys, and uh, definitely wish you the best of luck this season. No, I appreciate it. I think you guys got some good pitchers here. We're we're uh, wishing them the best of luck. And there you have it. Obviously, there is a ton to be excited about with these new guys coming in. So. Whatever happens for the rest of the season, just remember what is in the farm system. Just remember 
and root for the new guys coming up because they're going to be some, getting some valuable, valuable playing time. It's an exciting time to be a Yankee fan. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.